police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. The police are after me, she said, yeah, held their gun to my head. Somehow I ducked, escaped, and fled the scene. Well, they already ran my ID. Yeah, they already ran my ID. They pulled me off the train in the Portland rain. Mid-November ain't the warmest ride, and the greener ain't the best place to hide, especially when you're riding suicide. Especially when you're riding suicide. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't believe in. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. So I got back on when they were gone on the flag at old gondola. Then I smoked the resin in my bunk because the police didn't find it. Woke up in a mountain range, walked to a cold, wet, lonesome pain. And then the time it came to get the fuck off the train because the police are after me again. For crime, I don't even believe it. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. For crime, I don't even believe it. Yeah, the police are after me again. She said the police, police are after me for being dirty. Trespassing. They hate me because I ain't clean, but I think they're the ones who are dirty. And, uh, yeah, I guess we're live. Fuck it, we probably are. It's I'm live. I'm alive. There, there's a song that I'm trying to think of where, oh, I'm so alive for the very first time. <laughs> Some shitty... Yeah, isn't that P.O.D.? Oh, God, it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. That and Youth of the Nation are the two songs I remember from them. We are, we are, Youth of the Nation. <laughs> One thing I never got about them is that, uh, I guess they were supposed to be, like, a Christian rock band, but whenever I listened to them, I never, like, really found those themes in their songs. So no, I, yeah, that was always confusing with them, for sure. Yeah. I think they just wanted the, uh mass appeal to that like big block of an audience that's what i always assume like it's the same thing with switchfoot or even mxpx yeah it's like at least with switchfoot and pod i can understand where maybe they got some themes that could be considered christian but then again you know anything could be considered christian if you add jesus into it yeah totally and Even just one one mention of that dude. Yeah, they, yeah. Basically, they weren't like going like a creed route or anything. Right. Where like they also put like the imagery in there. God, mm, let's introduce creed. this podcast. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Garrett Shelkey podcast, episode eleven, I believe, season two of the podcast. Season two. Yep. Uh, new year, new theme song. If I still have it on my computer, I'll have to download it again. <laughs> new theme song. Uh, I want to say new us, but we're still the same fuck-ups as ever. I'm actually thinking about changing my legal name to Scott Stapp in light of our last five minutes of conversation. Dude, you'd probably be more uh, financially <laughs> successful than the current Scott Stapp. Oh, oh I, th- I swear I saw Scott Stapp on a billboard. Didn't it sound oh. like Scott Stapp of Creed? Oh, yeah. And some... Still- Casino yeah, or something? Yeah, he still performs. And, uh, yeah, it's a billboard with him, like, doing his Jim Morrison impression. Just like, oh. Yeah. Well. He's a bit, he's a bit more of a, of, of a old, look, old, sad-looking man at this point, isn't he, too? Well, yeah. L- last thing I really remember from him was, uh, 
I don't know, he is either drunk or on drugs or yeah, mental breakdown. <laughs> well, which, he created which, his own prison. I guess so, but still, <laughs> it's a very tragic... Oh, I see what you did there. Oh! God. But anyway, yeah, it was a bad video. It showed him, like, begging for help. He's complaining that, yeah, I've been having to stay in the Holiday Inn. Like, that's your problem? You have to stay in the fucking Holiday Inn? Oh, poor celebrity. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not going to change my name to Scott Stapp. I'm definitely the only Zach Elmblad. For now, anyway. For now, yeah. Huh. Until I sire another. <laughs> or, like, someone else comes in here who's also named Zach Elmblad. Never and, happened. And you It'll begin, like, some comedic rivalry. Earth would spontaneously combust. Oh, no, no, it's all good. You guys will hate each other, but then something will come in that will unite you two. Yeah, he'll, and then he'll spell his name with a K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, welcome to the podcast, people. I am uh, Garrett Schalke. You know who I am. I named my podcast after myself, because fuck it. <laughs> and with me as the first guest of the second season, he... He is my editor, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, technically you're the second guest of this show ever. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you really want to stick to chronological order here. Yeah, uh, you, had a, you did one in Alpina. Yeah, the very first one, Chris is an Alpinist with Adam Strohshine. <laughs> uh, Alpinist, I forgot about that. <laughs> A-Town, Alpinist... Various names for my hometown of Alpena, Michigan. Anyway, it's Zach Elmblad. Welcome, welcome back on here, Zach. Happy to be here in my own office. <laughs> yep. As a, as always, too, we are at the Elmblad Media Group Studios at the Park Trade Center, where Zach has been kind enough to uh, let me record. Mm-hmm. Probably in part because uh, he does work on my books and I pay him money. I'm sure if I was just some random <laughs> random dude wanting to come in, Mr. Elmblad, can I please do your podcast in your <laughs> office? No, I can't pay you. Uh, I would totally do people's podcasts. I don't know. I'm su- I'm, I'm frankly surprised I haven't been asked. I, I guess I just don't really directly know people that are doing active podcasts, but, I mean, I've been involved with the format since 2007, and had my own podcast for a while, which we'll just, <laughs> we'll leave it that, we'll leave it with which, the period at the end of its sentence. <laughs> which you can all find on the Elmblad Media Group's YouTube channel. Some of it, group. yeah, the first five episodes, I haven't put the rest of them up yet, because I'm lazy, I guess, but also, they, I, I don't know, it's embarrassing too, or like, no, no, not, not necessarily embarrassing, because it's just like the, the testimony of your like, stupid Youth, well, I guess. Well, I remember when uh, we were talking about it. You did say there was a few videos where, uh, I guess you were kind of getting on your soapbox there, without like a hint of humor or irony or anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like mid twenties Zach pontificating. I, there's a lot of that. Uh, there's a lot of like me and Kenny arguing about whatever. Uh, well, whatever, the podcast was called The New Scum Fix 
because my first company uh, that I formed was called the New Scum Productions. I don't know if I've ever even gone on record beyond my own diatribe on those podcasts about why we called it the New Scum Productions because that was actually really important and lost on well, a large majority of the people. Well, I, I know about half of the story. How yeah. do you fill us in on the rest? Yeah, sure. Well, the new scum is a reference to like uh, the body politic of the journalist uh, character Spider Jerusalem in the comic book Transmetropolitan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was really, really into that comic book. And oh, yeah, I dug it as well. Yeah, man, it's good great book well illustrated well written um it didn't you know it didn't go on forever it had a great clever ending you know um it's it's tied like warren ellis's ability to sort of short-term project his like uh, his social statement about the impending like technological uh uh, revolution, I guess, sure, uh, that, that was happening in the early 90s when he began writing that book, and it's, like, based on this, uh, this kind of, like, futuristic interpretation of Hunter S. Thompson's lifestyle more than his writing style, um, and, like... Basically, basically like a futurized Ronald Duke. Yeah, totally, yeah, I mean, he's, like, injecting various drugs into his eyeballs, and, like, all, all the imagery is, like, there's, like, cannibal, like, rampant ca- cannibalism, and inter- inter-alien species er- erotica, yeah. and, like, millions of different religions, and, like, the, the, the way that he just explores the world in that, uh, in that comic book series, just, it made me think a lot about, um, like, building a, a futuristic kind of, like, cyberpunk um, community of artists, basically, like, you know, what, 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 what you would do when you're trying to formulate your, your creative direction, at least in my experience, is to kind of coalesce your ideas, or, or, uh, find some kind of lens to give people to interpret what you're saying through, and that's how I really came on the new scum idea, because, um, I just, I wanted it to be, like, kind of, the the new scum was was referred to by the president in the comic book as like the like lower socioeconomic classes and like the ne'er do wells and like the the people who couldn't get their shit together and the ones that didn't live in the sky rises in the in the city and like didn't have access to the high level technological sophistication that the rest of society had and they were just kind of these downtrodden people and they were bulldozing their homes and kicking them out and all sorts of stuff and it was you know it, it, it reminiscent of like transgender communities and um uh, uh like religious uh secu- secular or not not oh, secular yeah. yeah sectarian sectarian um religious movements and and things like that uh where like uh, it, it was just kind of a, a platform to be like the the people that society forgot and left behind, like, we're gonna be, like, I wanted to, to champion that element of future, of the future as I saw it, 
And that's that's a little heady, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to try to explain yeah. to people. So I called the the new scum is really my production company at this point. So like that's that's what um, I will publish music through in my own personal books. I publish through the new scum, and it's you know it's still maintained in the county clerk's office, and like it's still a business, and I still have a checking account for it and stuff. But, oh yeah, but most yeah. these days you go out or online music. Exactly, and and I was able to garner a lot more success for myself as an adult human using <laughs> the, the, the name Elmblad Media Group as opposed to the new scum because, um, like, first of all, people don't like the word scum and no matter how hard I try to, like, tell them, well, it's, you know, like they, take they, a subjective interpretation of that. Yeah, it'd know? be like our hop and then someone yeah. be like, new scum. Yeah. And then you just get on your... Actually, <laughs> yeah, put up exactly. your glasses. Well, and a lot of people thought for because since we talked politics a lot, and that's kind of where we were trying to put the the media. Um, a lot of people thought it was the news come, and I just was like, <laughs> oh, damn it, man! Like, why does everybody have to take a sexual angle or like a, a a sexual interpretation of this? I'm like, it's the new scum. Well, the, Stop. well, well, the, I, I forget what the logo looked like for it, but was it one of those logos where like the words were kind of like bubble and smashed together? Uh, it's this. It's my tattoo here. Yeah, so I'm currently looking at yeah. Zach Elmblad's tattoos. Yeah, it's a Mercury sigil with um, uh, a stylized my initials arranged in a stylized way to be well, reminiscent. It kind of looks like kind of looks like N E there. It's Z Z is in the middle with a stripe through it. The okay. K is at the bottom and the E is at the top. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, now I see it. Yeah, uh, my dad has a similar method of marking his woodworking. And maybe it's just me, but nothing in that tattoo says, come on it. Right, well, the, <laughs> it's it's also a, a chaos magic sigil, right? Uh, oh, nice. You know, so, like, um, also on my corresponding arm is the logo. Yep, Elmblad Media Group. Elmblad Media Group, yep. So, the, I took the logos from my tattoos, for each company. So is that just going to be a new thing? Is that just a thing for you too? Every time you start up a new imprint, you're just getting a tattoo of it? Well, the actually the, the tattoos have a deep sim, uh, symbol, uh, symbolical meaning as well. You know, I'm, I'm a nerdy ass guy. You I know? mean, if we're, if we're going that route, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could pay you to get Bakun Incorporated a little <laughs> tattooed on you. No, it's more about my own, like, I, I like the idea of, like, a personal mythology, and, like, you know, you and I have touched on this in our conversations on the podcast in the past about, like, um, like, m- mystical experience and mushroom trips and, like, visionary thinking, not as, not like Steve Jobs visionary thinking, oh, but, geez. like, visionary thinking, like, sitting out in the woods, yeah, actually, you know, and actually, eating cactus. Actually yeah. trying to learn something new or having yeah. an adventure. Right. Not, not, exactly. not you know... I'm going to forsake all this well-known medical procedures, get rid of my cancer, and, yeah. and do this bullshit that will not kill me at all. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I believe in doctors and medicine and science. But Except vaccinations. We all know, yeah. that, we all know that cause autism. They're full of mercury and blood. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure there's some strains that make yeah. you gay. That's also how they microchip us these days, man. <laughs> right in those vaccines. Oh, God. 
But uh, anyway, <laughs> the, the tattoos are part of my my personal mythology, myth, mythology or mythologization or however you would say. Like I, it, I decided like uh, viewing things through. Um, the in, I, I oh man this is con- uh, you know me and my convoluted explanations of shit but um I studied early on in my college career the first time I went to college I was studying comparative religion so I was really interested in um symbolism because I grew up Catholic and I got really yeah, yeah uh, well you know I, I you know I, I a lot of parts of that life I really like, and I and I think I really do carry forward into my life, maybe even unintentionally. Um, I mean, religion itself, I don't. I think I think it's dumb, and I really don't like the sky sky daddy concept in and of itself. But like, there's this community aspect of religion that is slowly being replaced by, in my opinion, social media and um, like. Uh, uh, mm, clubs, like, uh, s- s- groups of subcultures, you know, like, uh, that, that can identify with each other based on similar interests, you know? Uh, there's a lot of that, though. Yeah, exactly, yeah, and just, uh, speaking as broadly as possible, too, you know? Um, but I think religion, um, supplied an aspect of that to, like, society and its structure as a whole, or, like, to the, like, conveyance of culture. And so, I, I, you know, I got a bunch of resin incense, I got frankincense and myrrh over here and stuff, like, I, it's, it's the symbolism of the Catholic Church that I really, I really appreciate from an art, from an aesthetic, like, uh, uh, an artist's point of view. Like, I like the iconography, Grew up like I like stained glass windows, you know. Uh, I, w- I will say this I got many a story about my time in Catholicism. <laughs> it's not as bad as like a lot of our heroes had it, like Jack Kerouac, for example. Mm-hmm. You no, know, back the because whatever people think cat Catholicism, they always think of like you know, some like really strict boring school, you're getting yeah. spanked, you're getting molested. All this horrible shit, which still does happen. Yeah, it does happen, but, and that's awful, dude. And I mean, I, I went through Catholic education for oh, like second, yeah, second grade to the sophomore year of high school. I was in the Catholic education system, dude. dude I lucked, I lucked out big time because uh, I got criticism of him too, but I have to thank my dad for that because uh, my mom, uh, devout Catholic, and. Uh, Unlike me, when she, when she grew up Catholic, she, like, really legit liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, she had a great time. She, like, spent some time, like, a summer camp program up in Petoskey. They had, like, a convent there or some shit where, like, they wore silly hats and shit. Yeah. She really liked it. And, uh... Miter, I think they call that? I'm not I, sure. I don't know. Habit. Habit. I think it's a habit. Is the well, H-A-B-E-T. Habit. Wait, wait. The regular hats? Uh, I think it's the entire ensemble. Oh, because I'm not saying like nun stuff, but more like oh. you wear a big hat that has like flowers on it and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, not familiar. No, Interesting. That was like the religious thing with pretty much all Christian denominations back in the day. You know, men wear suits, 
women wear dresses and like silly hats. <laughs> okay, like the anyway, Easter hat. Yeah. The Easter bonnet. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so anyway, she really liked it and uh, she wanted to wanted to raise her kids Catholic. Mm-hmm. Okay, legit I guess. Here's the problem though, is that my mom grew up poor and she married my dad and basically married into the working class slash middle class. Mm-hmm. So she had money. Was one of the things she apparently wanted to do with that money? Send her kids to Catholic school. <laughs> Which my dad immediately vetoed that. Right. For one, I think it's because he was raised Methodist. He's not religious at all. You know, he's not outright anti-religious or, you know, fuck God, God doesn't exist like I am. Mm-hmm. But he's not a religious dude. Plus, I think he wanted, like, my brother and I to grow up be big sports stars, you know. The, the guys that, like, they make shitty MTV movies out of. So, and having them go to a Catholic school throughout their public education, not going to lead to that. <laughs> and I honestly can't confirm this. This is, my mom has never, like, straight up come out and say it. But she has, like, hinted at it during, like, a few arguments we would have. She'd be like, if it wasn't for your dad, I could have, I'm like, oh, God. Wow, yeah. No, I, my parents are great people, you know, and I was raised by them, you know. They, they have their own reasons for, for attending church, and a lot of it is this, the desire to have a, a social group that's not centered around alcohol or, like, activities and, and stuff, because they're just, they're, you know, they're, they're straight-laced people, they don't, like to party like they their mission in life was to like ha- to raise a family you know so that's that's what they focused on for pretty much their entire lives and the they grew up catholic so i think they just perpetuate that you know that practice and i i rebelled against it for many many years but you know as i grow in like levels of maturity or whatever i just i appreciate some aspects of being of being brought up in that world just because you know i i feel like there's some values worth preserving you know at, or at least stated values you know our our experiences were vastly different though. yeah yeah well i mean i am definitely not a catholic you know well, I mean, if you count, if you well, according to them, I am still because oh I got yeah, confirmed. I got I got that smelly shit smeared sh- on my forehead by the bishop. It smells yeah. so good, chrism. Guys, chrism. Are we recording? Yeah, yeah we're, we're recording. recording. Just kidding. You want to join us? <laughs> no. Everyone, uh, Casey in the background, he might join us. <laughs> Kenton doesn't like to be surveilled. We're. <laughs> Well, as Eminem, that is. Well, as uh, I gotta use the all caps name on the recording. Well, as the great Michigan rapper Eminem once said, "Peer pressure will always win whenever you try to fight it." <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, my, yeah. My if I had to like really define my experience with Catholicism, whether it's through church or through the was it catechism? I think it's called the schooling aspect. Yeah. You see, I didn't, it, school, it wasn't so much, well, it was a form of schooling, but it was more so, so you, you apparently grow up into the faith, and then, you know, you can have a, you know, God, I'm forgetting all these terms, because I've, 
been so distant all these years. You know, then you can, I don't want to say legally, but no, you can then technically take the body and blood of Christ, you know, you eat this little piece of bread, you take a little sip of wine. Yeah, man, they let us drink when we were kids. It was great. I was an altar boy. Oh, I'm God. sure there's, there's like a religious statute of limitations, right? Because yeah. I definitely drank that wine. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> I but, liked it. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I I also I also should pause and like break the fourth wall here to tell uh, the intern over here that the battery charger um, is in my truck, but the alternate battery charger is in the pocket of the lens bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing with Catholicism with me, if I had to, like, one way to sum it up, boring. <laughs> boring as shit. Like, I remember the very first time I technically remember going to church. Like, back in the day, because we didn't know how to read yet, our mom would read us stories. Mm -hmm. One of them was a book about Bible stories. You know, it had, like, Noah's Ark, you know, David and Goliath, uh, Moses... It was like one of those classic kids books where, like, it was really well drawn. Like, really epic drawing. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, today where it's, like, really kiddy and flashy. Nothing against that type, but just saying. So we would read this, and, like, I didn't connect it to religion at all. I just thought they were cool. And since it was so influential in our culture, obviously. So one day I just asked her to read something one of it for me again. My mom got really mad for some reason. Like, I don't know if something was, like, going on during the day or what, but she just said, fine, you know what? If you want to hear these stories, we'll start going to church. Then walked out of the room. I'm, Whoa. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought this was a book. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still don't know what her problem was back in the, that day. But, uh, so then we go to church, like, I don't know, the following week. And they were showing a movie during that time. I was like, oh, this ain't so bad, you know. Oh, we'd be watching movies every week? <laughs> a little bit. I was like, know. wow, wow, this, boring, this is movie's really boring as shit, but at least it's a movie. Mm. I was kind of relaying it to, like, school, how sometimes we show movies. Right. After that, though... Yeah. Just basically, it's just you sitting there listening to... One person speak, then our person, then blah, blah, blah. And we were little kids, so it's like we wanted to be out playing on a Sunday. So we're hearing this guy in a robe speak, some, speak from a book that we've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. <laughs> it actually worked a little bit because uh, my mom finally realized that uh, she allowed us to bring in like comics and magazines with us. We could just sit there and read the whole time. Like, oh, okay. But, uh, see, back in the day, too, we were, like, big wrestling fans. This was during the WWE's Attitude Era. Like, I don't know how familiar you are with wrestling at all. Not really much at all. I watched it for, like, 98, 99, and, like... Oh, then you might be a fami familiar, actually. That was, like, the Attitude Era or near the end of it. It sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, basically, uh... There's two two magazines that WWE put out. Like, their regular magazine, which was for all ages. Then they put out one called Raw, which was, like, for adults. It dealt with, like, more adult topics. My mom didn't, like, really realize this, so we would 
read stories that had like Stone Cold on the cover like be bleeding all over. There'd be like a story, like an interview with China, talk about how she liked to have sex with Triple H so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so we would have like. Isn't she dead? Oh yeah, she's long dead. R.I.P. China. I remember China. Me too. I remember China. Yeah, she had such a. Them from that era, dead. And yeah, there's yeah, they're all slowly dying. Mankind. Uh, Mick Foley, that. he's still yeah, around. Man, China. Dude, China had the best clit ever. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Uh, but anyway, so when like we would read these magazines like during like the parts we had to sit down, then we would stand up and do the prayers and the songs and all mm. that shit. Unfortunately, my elementary school librarian was like behind us one day, and I guess she's technically nice. Like, I've had one interaction with her a couple of years ago. She was cool. But back in the day, though, she stunk as a person. <laughs> and uh, furthermore, she was also, her dress style, her hairstyle, her dressing, she kind of looked like a, like a, a librarian from the Adams Family show, <laughs> if I had to describe that. Anyway, she was very offended by these covers. Like I said, one of them featured Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bleeding profusely on the cover from a chair shot. Uh, she decided to first talk to my mom, then talk to me and my brother about it. Lecturing on us about, you know, Jesus doesn't like that. You know, oh, you need man, to pay attention. Dude. Oh, I know. It. Which, by the way, uh, you know how there's always these controversies about, like, public schools, like what you can or cannot teach? Are, are my children being brainwashed? Blah, blah, blah. Religious controversies, you're always hearing that. Wait, are there? Is there a possibility that they're not being brainwashed in school? Okay, <laughs> that's too broad of a topic there, <laughs> No, what I'm saying is that, especially in today's climate, shit would be going down if, if, if a member of your public school staff went on to lecture you and your child about how to properly worship or what, what conveys a religion. Shit would go down. But in Alpina in the late 90s, early 2000s, perfectly fine. So my mom stopped us from bringing in magazines, and we just sat there fucking bored the whole time. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Casey. <laughs> if fo folks, you didn't hear it, but Casey just let out the perfect, fuck. <laughs> and then, then, of course, I did, like, the catechism stuff, which was boring as shit, too. It was basically yeah. schooling. I did remember one time, out of sheer boredom, I drew uh, devil horns on every character in the book that I had. <laughs> which included Perfect. which included saints, so there's, like, John the Baptist baptizing Jesus with, like, a devil horn and <laughs> devil yes. horns on him. Yes. And that was it. Like, I didn't write Hail Satan or anything. I just drew devil horns because I was bored. I had a really heavily annotated Bible because I, you know, uh, this, I this would was, argue stuff with people. This, this wasn't was a Bible. A this was just, like, a regular yeah. textbook for, like, elementary school kids. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my mother saw, got the hold of that. Spent about a half hour making me erase all of it while just screaming above me. <laughs> you know, how, how evil that is. You can't do that. You're going to embarrass me in front of everyone. Ugh. 
I don't, I, the only, like, childhood standout memory I have of, like, someone really, like, leaning in on the indoctrination garbage, um, was, like, they have this thing called Vacation Bible School, which is, like, f for kids, like, a week in the summertime, you go to, go to church, and they have activities that are supposed to somehow, like, illustrate concepts in the Bible, right? And, uh, realistically, because our school was pretty low budget, like, it was just a, a week of daycare, you know, for, like, m my mom to get chores done around the house, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, one day, uh, we were in, uh, some class, and, like, you know the memory game? Like, it's a bunch of uh, like cards and they're red on one side and it's like farm animals on yeah, the other I side. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was playing this game. I was playing this matching game with um, my buddy's brother, Peter. I, I don't know, someday Peter Cook might listen to this podcast. He would get a kick out of this story. I hope he remembers it. But uh, I had a little lamb and he had a little wolf and he starts... He starts making the little wolf walk over to the lamb, and he goes, Hi, little lamb, I'm Charles Manson. And then, <laughs> and then I said, Hi, I'm Sharon Tate. <laughs> and <laughs> right at that moment, the instructor comes by, or like whatever mom was like watching over us, and she's like, Did I just hear you make a joke about the Manson family? That is in such poor taste. You little boys don't understand what you're talking about. Jesus wouldn't appreciate you talking about that. Uh, oh my God, she just gave us the the riot act. Like we had to sit out in the hall with our like you know like uh, with our faces towards the wall or whatever, which was the the punishment apparently. But instead, we just sat outside and talked about music. Like this this is the guy that turned me on to Metallica and Marilyn Manson and. Um, uh, like some, is this the guy who some does of the other the Beatles records. Music thing? Uh, it's his his older brother. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, you know, just a, a knowledgeable guy in the in the Kalamazoo music scene as well. You know, um, he's been around forever. A lot of people know him, and like we just had a ball just out out there talking about <laughs> music and shit in the hallway. And she'd come out and be like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be talking to each other," and we're just like, "Oh, right. we're sorry." And then as soon as she goes back in the door, we're like, yeah, dude, so the White Album is a great album. And here's why you need to listen to the White Album more than you listen to, like, Help and A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> and, like, you know, he was, he was telling me, oh, the, the new Metallica record, Load, a lot of people don't really like it, so maybe you, you might want to try these other, <laughs> these other albums first. And, like, he puts on Master of Puppets. And I'm like seven years old, and oh. my mind explodes or whatever, maybe nine, nine, nine or ten. And, um, yeah, whatever. 94 was when Load came out, right? So, uh, I was uh, nine. I, th I thought it was later than that. I think it was 94. 96, maybe. Jamie. So I was 11. Um, what'd you say? Jamie. Isn't that a. Jamie. Right? Jamie, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> when did Metallica's load come? Oh, out? God, there we go. <laughs> Young Jamie, 
Uh, Power- Casey Horseman. Powerful. Hashtag powerful GSP. <laughs> God, I kid you not. I looked on YouTube recently, one of the videos I uploaded of this podcast. 1996. 1996. 1996. Yeah, I was yeah, 11 like, years old. Yeah, well, one of the ha- like the one of them had like just a hashtag. Powerful GSP, like on top of it. Which I'm like, oh my god, that actually's trending. Perfect, dude. Anyway, uh, well, another thing with cat with catechism, Catholic school, mm-hmm. fuck you want to call it, is that it intersected often with uh, the other side of my life, sports. See, my mom handled the religious stuff. My dad handled the sports stuff. I didn't really like either because uh, I put up a lot of shit from people. So, like, I just didn't want to do it, but since I was a little kid and afraid of my folks, particularly my dad, he scared the shit out of me, I kept doing it, even though I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Adults are scary when you're a kid. I remember that a lot. They, oh. they really intimidated me. Well, at least with my dad, he, from basically my childhood to teenage years to, like, my early 20s, he pretty much made out that if I did anything wrong or talked back, whatever... He would beat the shit out of me. I don't mean like, you know, he smacks you alongside the head, sends you to the, to your room, but like, will literally jump on you and start pounding you like he's in a bar fight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Physical aggression. I don't understand it. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, I love, I do, I do love the guy still, obviously. I still, honestly, I'm still connected with my folks, but now it's like, if I had a time machine, I would go back and be like, hey, uh, I have some criticism and suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would do the same, though. Well, yeah, uh, he would. Well, he would probably then try to beat the shit out of three-year-old me if that happened. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you? Oh, that's hilarious. Why are you in my yeah. house? I, yeah, I don't know. Like to wrap to wrap up the tangent, I guess uh, the the tattoos are, like I uh, said, part of personal mythology. So it was. Wow. An actual, it's an actualization thing. Like yeah. when they get color, they start out as black and white tattoos, and when they get color, it, that means that I've achieved the thing that I was. Yep. You know, it's coming into the new year, season two of this podcast, I'm glad we're keeping the free flowing, rambling, <laughs> fucking babbling <coughs> bullshit aspect of this podcast yep. going. Yep, I'm good at a rambling and convoluted conversation. I'm really good uh, at that. To finish up my tangent, yeah. uh, basically it crossed over with the sports section a lot and general school. Mm-hmm. So that means I have put up with a lot of quote-unquote bullies at the time. Like, there's been a few days like I got into a fight at school with some of them. And then I would go to catechism later that night, and they would be there too. And I would almost get into a fight with them there. Be like <laughs> round two at church. One of them I did get into a fight with, uh, like the bathroom there. I don't think either of us ever got into trouble for it either, even though I think I, like, nearly smashed his head into the toilet. Wow. It was, we, for some reason, neither of us really adhered to the no snitch rule. And they didn't see, like, and apparently none of the grown-ups saw any blood or bruises or anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got other stories, but we could save those for later. When right. we when we do when we inevitably do more fuck religion <laughs> conversations, yeah, I'm I'm usually game for one of those types of conversations. Uh, to finish up on new scum, this is the yeah. part of it that I do remember is that 
Apparently, you came across someone else using the new school. Oh, yeah, And you dude. trying to sue them? Oh, yeah, I was a jackass. At, at Adam, I think his name was. Adam Horowitz is his last name. Dan, so, Daniel Horowitz, that's it, yeah. Holla Adam? <laughs> yeah, well, no, he's cool. I, we still follow each other on Facebook and stuff. He's a world traveler. Uh, he was a video game writer for a long time, and... Man, he just, he made a really good point, and this is one of the first times that I had to eat crow as a business person, too, because um, he had made a publication for his high school, no, not high school, his college newspaper, like he made a column or whatever, something, some type of journalism thing, and he, he wanted to call it the new scum, so I was like Googling myself as <laughs> I'm a jackass. Ego and, surfing. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I came across this other new scum, and so I sent him an email, and I'm like, listen here, asshole, like, this is my fucking idea. Wait, and I'm wait, blah, how, blah. how old were you at the start? 23, 24, 19, <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah. he's legally an adult. Yes, yes, definitely legally an adult. Well, it was a, a college newspaper. Oh, so. uh, okay, I was about to say, if you're like, I don't know, writing a 15-year-old high school or that. Right. Yeah. He would have. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, definitely. Now, I, I, was, I was all fired up, you know, and I was like, I, I was like, we hopefully we can come to some type of compromise about, you know, uh, copyright, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, I'd hate to get the lawyers involved. And he, he responds, I'll remember this forever, he responds to me like, no need to get the lawyers involved, bro, like, it's just a college magazine, and like, and, and also, I think it, it's kind of like, detracts from the purpose of using that name, like, if you yeah. want to be talking about the new scum, then, uh, it, like, yeah. you know, this is about building a community, and like, other other degenerates, like, linking together and stuff, and I was like, yeah. I wrote back immediately, like, I'm like, dude, I was way too drunk and stupid. Like, I've smoked enough cigarettes now since I think I've calmed down, and you're absolutely right. Like, you're uh, awesome. I'd love to submit an article to your publication. Like, I'd love to work together. I friended him on Facebook and stuff. Be completely honest. Could you have afforded to sue him at the time? No. Okay. <laughs> of course that, not. That, as someone who constantly talks shit. And I wouldn't trolls, have any basis to sue no, him either. Uh, I didn't well, copyright that phrase. Well, you see, trademark it. As someone, as myself, someone who constantly talks shit and trolls online, mm. though I did make a New Year's resolution to kind of slow down on that because it was actually making me more stressed than I intended. Mm -hmm. And that means I have gotten many a time personal messages and comments claiming that someone's going to sue me for, like, a bad name I called them. Yeah. Or, like, or if I have, like, proof of, like, something, like... Like, I have a screenshot of them sexually harassing someone. Right. Then they threaten to sue me for calling them out on it. There's one thing I have learned through that. Don't threaten to sue people if you can't afford it. Because right. every single person that has threatened me with a lawsuit in that are broke as shit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in the business of suing anybody anytime soon. I got no reason to. I wouldn't have sued him either. Like, I was just, I was being stupid. I... I wanted to be aggressive, I wanted to lay claim to my idea, to my, like, what I had perceived as, like, my work towards my own intellectual property, but, like, obviously it's not my intellectual property, it's the intellectual property of Warren Ellis, 
And, like, the only acknowledgement I have from Warren Ellis is he retweeted a picture of my tattoo that says the new, that says life sucked. Sucks wear a hat. It's from also yeah. from Transmetropolitan. Can you imagine if he threatened to sue you? Warren Ellis yeah. sued me. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's another he thing that, that I thought you, of at the time. Yeah. So that guy that you threatened to sue got a hold of him and told him, and then Warren Ellis sends you an email. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you stole my intellectual property, idiot. God, that is some like three D chess right there. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah, some some extreme three D chess on I behalf can't. of my twenty three year old drunk brain. Oh God. I was. Well, I so mean, it, I sowed the seeds for what became a good future for myself, but the like the trials and tribulations along the way are embarrassing at best, and you know, debilitating at worst. You know, uh, you make mistakes as a person as you as you progress. All right. Well, well, my friend, it's twenty nineteen now. <laughs> it's a new year. It is. You always want to do a year in review, 2018? Sure. So, uh, 2018... We need a sound thing. We need a, a little soundboard so you can go, the year in review. <laughs> year in review. No, I would get one that just had, like, all the fucking air horns and, like, DJ Cali kind of thing. <laughs> DJ Khaled. I hear Furious typing from Casey... King Charles rapper. Him up. Instagram. Bandcamp. <laughs> Good promo, Casey. <laughs> There's some. Yeah, we we don't want to play too much of this clip because we'll get kicked off of YouTube. <laughs> well, I still have the internet archive. Uh, yeah. Thank there you. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. I, oh. That is, before so we year be, in before, review. <laughs> before we begin that, I just checked out YouTube randomly a few weeks ago. And yeah, it turns out that uh, I didn't get a copyright strike, but about three episodes of my pop no, two episodes of my podcast and like five other videos that aren't podcast related, they all got marked due to copyright songs on there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a strike, but apparently I can't make money off yeah, them. Yeah, they, they demonetize them. Yeah. And- which, and link to the original artists. Yeah, which which platform. is fu- which is fine for me. I yeah, guess. totally. But I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, how did that happen? It recognizes it immediately, dude. It for like, especially if you use a song that's published through BMI or ASCAP, like that, it's gonna yeah. know. It's it has whatever magic juju. It, like when it's it uploads and then it's processing. In in the same amount of time that it uploads, like it's scanning for all that stuff too. Shit. You know, it's and and so it'll ding you right away. Like I made this little scuba diving video a couple of years ago, and uh, put the Primus song "John the Fisherman" underneath it, and it was as soon as I clicked publish, it was it was like ding. This song this contains copyright material yeah. from Primus, and I was like, wow. It sure does. And then I, I like clicked all the buttons to make it cool, and everything was cool. But yeah, it, that, it knows right away. Yeah, that's why, like, for the podcast, I get a lot of songs from people around here in Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Traverse City, Chicago, even some Canada. Mm-hmm. Basically, I find indie artists are just, like, band camp in that. Yeah. Because if I go anywhere else, or even, like, if it's someone off, they sell their shit on Amazon, I'm probably going to get picked. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I'm so empty. 
So if I do want to make money off this, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, yeah. 2018, your review for Zach. How how did 2018 go for you personally, and how did it go for Elmblad Media Group in general? 1118. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a culmination of uh, nearly a decade of work, honestly. Like, 2018 was a huge year for me. It was the most financially successful year for me as an like since like my late teens um because i worked for a big ass company when i was 18 19 and i made uh like thirty five thousand dollars um something like that i don't know i shouldn't even speak actual number terms because you know whatever because it, it well so- mainly because it's irrelevant you know because any like anybody listening like that number at the time or even now it's it's irrelevant because it deter- it depends on where you live and like all that type of shit and like what what your financial obligations are. What I'm not I'm not an investor or what what an investment advisor. That's I'm <laughs> I'm giving some fine print here. Anyway, I had the most successful year for for myself. Um, I was finally able to quit, like, all my day jobs, as they say. Really? You know? So, yeah. so you're not doing that freelance photography anymore? No, that's, that, they, it's not freelance, I'm a contract photographer. Oh, my right. contract is through Elmblad Media Group, and I bill all of my clients through Elmblad Media Group, so, like, oh, okay. I am not, like, when I say that, I mean, like, I don't get paid by anybody but Elmblad Media Group. Like, an Elmblad Media Group gets paid by its clients for services rendered, whatever those may be. Photography services, aerial imaging services, publishing services, um, uh, copy editing services, logo design, graphic design, photo editing, video editing. um, Dried flower donations. Yep, dried flower donations. (laughs) Um, I've been working, and so, you know, uh, we were just shouting out to... Uh, Casey Horseman over here, um, the intern extraordinaire at Elmblad Media Group. Um, he's been working on projects for us as well, um, kind of expanding us into concert photography and promotional video. Yeah, which you um, just did this past weekend in yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We tell were in tell us about that. Yeah, we were shooting for uh, Marcus King Band, and they were opening for Umphreys McGee uh, at the Riviera. No, the River Riverside Theater, um, in uh, in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, it was a great show both nights. It was two nights doubleheader. Um, you know, Umphreys has been around for whatever. I think they said that this week they played their first show in South Bend, Indiana, twenty one years ago. And what's funny is Marcus King, the the head, yeah, the the front man of the other band was twenty one, is twenty two years old now, and so uh, he was one year old when Umphreys McGee played their first show, and then he was on stage jamming with them last night, you know, and just tearing down the house, man. That kid, he's a sick guitar player. He's absolutely amazing. All those guys are super talented dudes. In, in Marcus King Band, and Umphreys too, you know, they're talented musicians, I've really liked them for many years, um, it's not necessarily my thing anymore, I don't, I don't, I don't know, we get into music, <laughs> everybody's got an opinion there, <laughs> but um, no, I think Marcus King Band is a really, like, 
a really good up-and-coming artist. You know, he he has a really good uh, portfolio of as a guitar player. You know, he's kind of a, a bit of a child prodigy, and like he's just a nice kid. All those guys are real good dudes. So we were shooting for them. Um, we got a bunch of other uh, concert photography gigs coming up in the next couple of weeks too, and then um, we've been working on. Uh, promo video for uh, a local artist named Ashley McGeechee, um, or Nuggets of Light is her, um, like, artist name, you know, yeah, the Instagram yeah, name. Yeah, actually you have a list right here on the door. Oh, yeah. 20, yeah. January 2019. <laughs> YouTube channels, Twitter, new portfolio sites, website updates. Yeah. As to finish and deliver. Afro Zuma. Yeah, we delivered that one. I could erase that off if I wanted. Ashley McCree. McGeechee. McGeechee, yeah, yeah. sorry. Gino Vitz. Yep. Uh, Gino Hinton is another one of my longtime clients and collaborators. Uh, he's, man, he's kind of a renaissance man. Uh, he, he and I have had many, many hours long conversations about business and like existing as an as an entrepreneur in in the media and arts and technological fields, hmm. um, sound, this sounds very familiar. Hmm. What does this relationship <laughs> sound like? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gino and I started working together when um, he was the front man, the front man of a band called Funk Two Eleven, who was the house band for a multimedia project that I was working on as tech crew that was being put on by. Um, Kirk Latimer and Gabe Jerome from uh, Kinetic Effect. Um, yeah, yeah, let's not get into that. No, I don't want to open that. <laughs> I got, I got plenty to say about that situation, and a lot of healing has happened since then. So, oh, it has. We might as well. well. Good for you. <laughs> Easily yeah. keep it from going to that. I might as well interject again. With Humphreys mm -hmm. McGee's first show was one twenty one nineteen ninety eight. And Marcus King's birthday is March 11th, 1996, so he had yet to turn two when he was like three months away from turning two. Perfect. So, fact-checked by the intern in the corner, who is, by the way, furiously working at the moment on editing sh uh, photos from that night, because when we shoot concerts, we shoot as a team, and then um, we both upload to the uh, Elmblad Media Group Instagram um, which is Elmblad underscore media underscore group. Yeah. I'll like that in the comments, yeah. people. For sure. Which you should read, people. Whichever one you should read. Yeah. Not just listen to the sweet talk, sweet talkings of me and my guests. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Casey's personal is uh, King Charles rapper. Um, mine is at Zach Elmblad. Um, same with like my Twitter and Facebook. It's it's all just my name. Now while we're on this promo here, um, let's talk about on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I I, I, just love, I I love using on it. It makes me smart. <laughs> <laughs> and that did I mention Blue Apron? Because you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dude, my, my, my podcast dreams are coming true. As I'm no Jamie, but I'm working. You know, using a non-internet intern computer. You know, this reminds me of Casper mattresses. Casper mattresses. 
Stamps.com. Yeah, Stamps.com. I was, I was trying to come up with another one. That one's a good one. What he... Oh, well, in, in those early episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast, too, um, or Joe Rogan Experience, uh, Brian would, like, say, oh, and you can definitely not weigh mushrooms on the postage... <laughs> on the digital postage scale that you receive for free. And Joe would, like, scold him and, like, send him dirty looks and shit. He's like... Was this would this be after he did like an Olive Garden joke? Yep, yep. There was a lot of Olive Garden jokes. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, those earlier ones were great. Finally, yeah. our our other sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Adam and Eve. <laughs> oh god. What's the hair? There's a hair dye one that a lot of the true crime podcasts. Um, I don't know. I yeah. forget. Yeah, it's a girl's name. I think is is the name. Of the company, whatever. Yeah. We are the Garrett Shelky podcast is not sponsored by any of these companies. <laughs> Neither is Elmblad Media Group. Soon, <laughs> and our opinions may not necessarily reflect the opinions of those. Whatever they are, are. those things. Those of those sponsors, I'm obviously making fun of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to how yeah. awesome 2018 was. For yeah, me. it was a successful year for me, man. Um, I, my real estate photography career is booming. Um, I was able to uh, expand into drone flights. I got my um, FAA Part 107 SUAS certification um, to be a remote pilot, so I can, a, a drone pilot. Um, that has worked out well. Um, the photography stuff is just cooking right along. Like I said, we're doing the concert photography. Um, I've had a couple more product photography shoots. Um, you know, just things continue. Uh, still working the plan, as they say. Uh, how about how about your band, Conrad Twitty Band? Yeah, Conrad Twitty Band had some setbacks this year, but we're still going strong. Um, we got like kicked out of our rehearsal space in Grand Rapids that we had had for really? four years. Oh yeah, the, that was a mess. The same space shared by Emma Lou and uh, the West Side Rebellion. No, no, no. We left that. I don't think Emma Lou uh, rehearses at the same place as West Side Rebellion. Uh, oh my bad. Um, but and I and I think West Side Rebellion had moved out of the room that we were in or the area that we were in. But that was like an inter. Interim uh, space that we were in, like we had a we had a storage unit for like four oh, years. Oh yeah, you told yeah. me this story. Yeah, yeah, and they kicked us out. Uh, the new owners kicked us out. You're very angry yeah. about that. Yeah, I was not. Well, it was a nice. It was a perfect setup. It was a perfect amount of space. You know, over the years we had kind of gotten it all set up. Like all of my PA gear was up there and set up and like the, everything was rigged to record everything. Like we recorded every practice, multi-tracked 16 tracks. And like, it was, it was a, a great rehearsal space and having to dissemble it, well, disassemble it was not fun. And it's going to be a long time before we get a place set up like that again. Cause it took us four years to get to that point. So that that was a major setback, but um, we're writing another record right now about um, Great Lakes shipwrecks, um, and then we're we have a couple more vocal sessions for channeling our, your for inner Gordon Lightfoot. Yep, yep, we are. Yeah, it's heavily influenced by <laughs> the lyrical content of the tune, "The Wreck of the Edmunds, Edmund Fitzgerald." Um, I'm tell the whole story in some way. <laughs> it's. It, 
I don't know. I, I like our new music. You know, obviously every artist's like newest stuff is what they like the most. You know, so that goes without saying. But um, you know, we've all grown a lot as musicians playing together for oh god, almost five years now. Um, actually, almost six years now because it would have been like late late. 2013 I think we started playing together maybe 2014 it's hard to to parse the timeline these days but yeah we've been together for years that's going well uh, we had a side project going for a while that we had to put on hiatus also because of getting kicked out of the rehearsal space that was the uh, Enola Gray um, that would have been me and DJ Wirt from Conrad Twitty Band and uh, Travis Smith, the drummer from Pieces of Eight. And um, it was like uh, politically themed noise music. I played guitar and did samples. DJ played bass and did samples and um, noises. And we all kind of sang and shouted and stuff. But we didn't have much of a chance to really... Get, uh, we only had like six or eight practices before we got kicked out of that place, so we didn't have much of a chance to really put any material together. But we'll, you know, it's only on hiatus. We'll get it back together at some point here. Um, and our, our record, like I was saying, is almost done. We've been working on that for like two and a half years. It's been a struggle. The guy who is producing it, um, Jupiter Jones, ended up having like a hip replacement and He's like in the process of building building out his studio and there's there's been just endless complications with scheduling yeah, Ju- and stuff. Jupiter Jones. That's Jupiter Jones, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm Mark. Sorry. I'm sorry I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, but for some What up? Oh, nothing. He's God. He's going on a, a year another shoot question. here. Yeah. I'm going to shoot for the new video <laughs> game bar in town, L F G. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, LFG's Smash cool. Brothers tournament today, if you want to go, Garrett. Oh, what? After you're done, uh, it doesn't start till six, so. Huh? Maybe. I'll think about it while we're. Podcasting. Now that media yeah. has now used the photo. If you go to their uh, Facebook page, their cover photo may or may not have been taken by me. <laughs> Definitely was taken by him. Anyway, my joke was: whenever I hear Jupiter now, I think of that. Song by Train drops a Jupiter. Yeah, so, hair. so I apologize, Jupiter Jones. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's uh, he was one of the uh, lead engineers at River City Studios in Grand Rapids for like twenty years. He's a recording arts instructor at oh some college that I don't remember the name of. That's up there. <laughs> that's not Grand Valley. Um. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's an accomplished producer and a musician in his own right. Um, And, you know, we've had a lot of setbacks, but we're finishing that record up. Uh, Moonrise Over Uranus is the name of the record. For Shizzle. Yeah. It's a good good tune, a good good, uh, title track, and it's all, like, outer space themed. Uh, Here's a question I want to ask. Yeah. The state of the actual Conway Twitty has, like, never contacted you guys, have they? No, we have no association with the country 
music icon Conway Twitty. Aside yeah. from no association whatsoever. Aside from the very closely aligned name and then you use like some side photo of him on your first album. <laughs> well, no, I mean the the imagery is you know, it's there. Just mainly because of associations made by fans and third parties. But such as myself. <laughs> no, the the name of the band actually like the uh DJ came up with it because like it's like his senile grandmother or something. Um used to ask him to play that Conrad Twitty like when he would go visit her and like you know he was taking care of her or whatever like what do you need grandma play that Conrad Twitty so that's why we're naming the Conrad Twitty band play that Conrad Twitty well I mean I'm really hoping this mic's catching that I think it would we'll see Okay, we'll find out I hope your band, uh, besides generally being awesome, I really hope you do at least one cover for the lulls. <laughs> one Con- Conway Twitty cover? Yeah. Conway Twitty by the Conrad Twitty? Uh, I don't know. We we might. Uh, I, I just, think if we chose any, it would be I See the Want To In Your Eyes. That is definitely the most cringe-worthy Conway Twitty song. <laughs> And I suggest that anybody listening to this podcast look that song up on YouTube. The want, I see the want to in your eyes by Conway Twitty. If you want to be disgusted. Wait, what? I think I've made her about this. Why is it disgusting? It's a very, very rape implying song. Like it's definitely oh. worse than Baby It's Cold Outside. Definitely or, worse. Or blurred lines or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's very, very. Like, it's bad. And plus, <laughs> the, the entire time he's making direct squeamish eye contact with the camera, <laughs> and it's just very disconcerting. And oh. uh, I, I just, I you know, for the comedic relief, I suggest that you follow up with that. <laughs> Alright. I'll post that. Yeah, out, outro music. <laughs> I see the want to in your eyes. Oh, God. Very creepy. Very creepy man, Conway right. Twitty. Alright, well, yeah. I guess before I go about bragging, anything else you'd How like to say about 2018? Um, it is over. That is, that is a, a statement I can make about 2018. It's very true, it's over, yeah. it's never going to come yeah. back. It, it set a precedent uh, for continued success in 2019. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm... I, you know, I was involved with so much stuff, man. Like, I I made great headway in our group, the Alliance of Kalamazoo Artists. Uh, I gave a speech at the Kalamazoo Institute of Arts. Oh, how'd that go? Um, it, was, it went really well. It was well attended. Um, it was in association with the Alliance of Kalamazoo Artists. And we're probably going to repeat that um, entire schedule this year. So we've got, like, four... Um, gallery shows that we do that are all themed differently um and like a local tour of the artists in the building here um that are associated with us and you know just it's a bunch of fun stuff um you know just as a result of the work that Casey has been doing um you know we've made a lot more connections with new clients that I have to look or that I have to follow up with 
as time goes by and look forward to working with again uh Ciroc DeVito two times is another one it's this young rapper that like boldly introduced himself to me and um like I I, I appreciate the kid Spunk um he's really like how'd you meet uh I was taking pictures of a house in his neighborhood and he came up to me while I was in the yard taking pictures and asked if I did video and then yeah. asked me to do a video with him and I said yeah no, and so we did, and then I've been doing a little promo work. I did some photos for him and stuff, you know. That's good. Yeah. Not as epic as when we met, though, at no. Fourth Coast, where I just, like, literally plopped down my book on you, like, please publish my book. Like, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it worked out well. <laughs> you know, that was, that was like, immediate precursor to having this um, physical space, too, this, this office. It was just a couple of months before I finally made that leap too. So, yeah, I'll I'll remember those times fondly, man. It's it's nice to be able to report success from that point. You know, it, for both of us, really. You know, yeah. you went from having one published book to f- four of them. Well, and plus yeah. more, a bunch, plus yeah, three, you got a bunch books. more. Yeah. Well. I guess while we're talking about me yeah. on the podcast that's, that's, named, that's named after me. So let's talk about me. How did I do in 2018? How did you do in 2018, Garrett? I'm glad you asked Zachary Elmore. <laughs> A.K.A. Scott Stapp. Yeah, I'll still consider it. If, My if sacrifice. <laughs> yep. Uh, PayPal.me forward slash Zach Elmore if you want to pay uh, me. I'll, I'll just... I don't want to commit to this fully, but I will consider yeah, if changing my legal name to Scott Stapp for if, a donation. If you have a Creed album on cassette, CD, or vinyl, bring in during our Hop and Zackle song. <laughs> I'll sign it. That's <laughs> Zach Elmblad, a.k.a. not Scott Stapp. Like, likewise, if you ever see me at an event, bring your Bibles and I'll sign it. I'll sign Bibles, too. Uh, I'll sign anything, too. Dude, that's please, signable. Dude, oh, that's all I have in my life is signed Bibles. Please don't jack my kidney. I'll sign anything <laughs> except for a Bible as as long good. as Garrett is present. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna outreach to like Book of Mormons and Quran soon. <laughs> Any religious text. Pretty much. We'll, we'll put it down. Except the, the bone. Except the Satanic Bible, because I actually respect that. <laughs> Anton LaVey, rest in peace. Yes, indeed. Anyway, how do I do him for hash? <laughs> anyway, how did I do in 2018? Uh, I divide up two ways. My writing career, writing, and personal. Mm-hmm. Writing, I think I did pretty well. I uh, published two books mm-hmm. through my own imprint, Bakuni Incorporated. And uh, they're called, it's called, Go, first one's called Godin, the Grey Wolf of Chicago. And the second one's called Godin, Lycan Strikes. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, still my goal is to basically publish two golden novels per year. One in the spring, one in the fall. And uh, I, could, I could do that this year and through 2020. I'm not sure after that because uh, I can already tell the stories are going to become more lo- longer and complicated. Mm-hmm. A lot more backstory, a lot more mythology. So I may be putting out one book, but it'll be vastly longer. They may, dare I say, be over 100 pages long. 
Because <laughs> all my books, except for Hub Chambery, which you published, mm -hmm. are all below 100 pages. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see, uh, since I have all the books right here. I want to guess. Okay. I think that one was 84 pages. All right. Godin, The Grey Wolf of Chicago. Well, okay, there's a few more in the back here that weren't numbered, but 78, 79. 79, okay, yep. plus, like, title page and author yep. bio page. Yeah, I would say, if I had to go about from the PDF, I would say about 90. Okay. Okay, there's that. Uh, Lycan Strikes is actually very low. It's around, like, 50 pages. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's actually technically my first golden story, so that's probably why... It's so short compared to... In the Golden chronology, it's technically the second story. Mm -hmm. But we won't get into all that shit. <laughs> Animaki, my very first novel. Let's see how many pages is that? 91. 91, just under. Oh, God. And uh, the one I'm currently working on, which uh, I'll hopefully send you next weekend, is currently at a... Over 50 pages, but that's going to be before, you know, editing and putting this shit and that shit into it. But if I had to take a guess, it's probably going to be the same paper paper amount. No, page page amount as Grey Wolf of Chicago. So, mm -hmm. if I had to take a gander, I guess. And Up Jamboree, the short story collection is... A whopping 245 pages. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, I should I should do a short story collection. I've got, I definitely have unpublished material that could belong into something like that. And I've, I've been thinking about my releases upcoming too, so. I think you're, you're, you're really setting the precedent here with the two, like, two serial publications a year for the next couple of years in the schedule. I think that's good, man. Yeah. Well, aside from uh, the books being longer, I have some other stuff that I want to get published. Sure. You, you're I, working on a novella, right? Te technically, all my books are novellas or novelettes. Novelette. But at, but at this point, it's just like, uh, who gives a fuck? It's a novel. Right, yeah. It's, it's for five bucks on Amazon to get there. Yeah. <laughs> It's a book. It has pages. But, uh, no, I got some other stuff uh, in other genres I want to work on, so that might impede it. I don't know yet. It mm. all depends on just, like, I guess my general writing habits, which I just don't have a, a steady one like a lot of writers do. You know how you're, like, Jack Kerouac, for example. I always hear about his writing regiment, for better or for worse, mm. and how it affected him. I really don't have that. Mine more depends on two factors. General inspiration, drive, etc. And my day job. Because mm -hmm. there's been some, some days where like I could write more than others. Then there's sometimes, some days where it's like, holy shit, I can't write. I am so burnt out from working earlier. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard to make yourself write. I really yeah. appreciate the people that um, can, like, have the diligence to do it every, like, they make themselves devote, like, a time, a time of every day to writing and, like, you know, like, even the trope of, like, even if I only complete one sentence, like, it's still forward progress. Yeah. and there's, there's a lot of pressure in the, 
in writing, whether it's the indie writing community or yeah. just bullshit like in uh, like in class writing classes and that of what you need to do, you know, how much you need to write, mm-hmm. you know, when you gotta do it and all that. Like I guess like back in the day of high school, even before I like produced anything essential, yeah, there was like this Stephen King quote that I think was taken from On Writing, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. And I respect Stephen King highly. But he had this basically this quote where uh you know what, I'm just gonna look it up right now. <laughs> I think we had talked about uh Stephen King's on writing uh in one of our previous podcasts. Um, and I definitely recall talking about that because I wasn't really familiar with it and I, you know, I still haven't read it, but I did do some like due diligence looking up after you had talked to me about it. And for those of you who don't know, ladies and gentlemen, Garrett is very good at recommending books for me to read and I'm very good at wanting to read them and not. (laughs) So I, I like... I have a stack of books on my desk that Garrett has uh, had me, you know, has charged me with reading, and I, I think I, I want to do it. I want to read a bunch of stuff. In fact, uh, he gave me a copy of uh, Bill Cooper's Pale Horse Rider. Uh, yeah, what, what is the title? Pale about? Horse Rider, Bill Cooper, and the Rise of Fall Trust in America. Yeah, yeah. And you can keep that. That's your... Christmas gift. That is that was a Christmas gift from Garrett, and I I actually did uh, bring it with me to Milwaukee this weekend to try to crack into it, but we had so many ridiculous travel bullshit happenings that I didn't get a chance. So I don't know the Stephen King thing. I I forget exactly what we were talking about on that podcast, but you have definitely mentioned that it's a a pretty good um like insight or like instructional type thing from him the only thing from Stephen King that I've read is the Dark Tower series yeah you ever see the movie of it nah it it got blasted I'm not surprised I haven't watched that I haven't watched the live action preacher um remake or I don't know I don't watch any of the Marvel movies or anything boo because I'm a major nerd of that Hell, I would say Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse is one of the best superhero movies of all time. And currently, like the last month, I've been going over in my head whether I preferred it more than The Dark Knight from right. the Nolan Batman films. I, I don't know. Anyway, I can't find that quote exactly, but basically it's Stephen King saying, like, if you don't write this amount... If you don't mile words per day, if you don't read this many books per week, you will never be a good writer. Which scared the shit out of me when <laughs> I was a teenager because I took it literally. Luckily, I had a uh, co- my second cousin, Brian, when I told him that, how much it worried me. Like, I'm not writing this much. I'm not reading this much. How will I ever be a good writer? He's like, who said that? Stephen King? Are you kidding me? Stephen King? Of all people? <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I like and respect Stephen King, but he has churned out a lot of garbage. He sure has. His hit rate is not 100%, that is for sure. Yeah, so, and even then, like, his hit one, his big hits are still got some stuff in them where it's like, really? Like, yeah, dude, parts of the gun, uh, parts of the entire Dark Tower series, uh, like, especially the mid-books, 
and and the last book are just like eye gougingly <laughs> awful. Like yeah. some of it is like really awesome and it's captivating enough to bring you all the way through it. But like, oh god, some of some of them, man. Mm. I remember Wolves of the Kala was really really difficult for me to get through. And whatever the fourth one has something to do with a mystical ball, that was also excruciating at times. But the first three books of that series, man, I read those things in like a week and a half. I was just, I couldn't get enough of it. I loved it. My girlfriend at the time used to get so mad at me, dude. Like I'd just stay up too late reading those books, and she'd get all pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it took me a couple of years to finish them, though. I finished. Uh, I finished. The seventh one, um, like, the day before I left to go hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Because hmm. I wanted to finish it. I was like, I have to finish this story. I can't, oh. I can't go hiking for a month and not be able to finish this story. Yeah. One thing Stephen King knows how to write, though, sex scenes. Oh, yeah? Oh, yes. Well, Stephen King is the Netflix of sex scenes. Like, how could you beat that sex scene in uh, It, where it's basically a teenage boy orgy in the sewers? Wow. In order for you to, like, not get scared by the clown, I guess? Interesting. Oh, you never heard about that? No. No, no, I guess the context of the scene is that the characters from It, they were like, trying to escape the sewers after they defeat the monster. Mm-hmm. I read this t- as a teenager. I haven't looked since, so please don't hate on me for <laughs> not getting the summary right. And I guess they're all scared as shit, and they can't get out of this tunnel, out of these sewers. So the one girl of the group suggests that they basically have an orgy to establish trust between each other. So the girl then goes to... Deep death of uh, these teenage boys' penises as they each take turns running a train on her. All right, perfect. Stephen Excellent, King, Steven. thank you. Excellent, Stephen. Excellent. Even like with the new, the new it, which I think part two is going to be coming out this year. Okay. They still haven't adapted that to the movies. I can't imagine <laughs> what. <laughs> yeah, big surprise there. Yeah. So yeah, Stephen King, uh, literary legend, sex scene expert. Uh, yeah, but don't take his writing advice, especially if you got other shit going on in your life. Right. Anyway, as you shouldn't I compare saying, yourself to other people in any artistic endeavor. Yeah, that was one of my yeah. major problems as a writer. Speak it at the very beginning for for a couple of years. Actually, was uh, I spent way too much of my time comparing myself to other more famous ones. We all do. Yeah. Well, to the point that I was just fucking miserable. So I didn't feel like I was living up to that ideal or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, how can I not... I'm trying to live up to Hemingway here. Yeah. And it's like, really? Yeah. But it, it took me a while to, like, get over it. Right, exactly. Well, I always like that uh, his, historical story about uh, Julius Caesar after conquering Gaul, like weeping at the feet of the statue of Alexander the Great because it took him, like, way longer to conquer way less than Alexander the Great. It's it's the same story, the same trope throughout thousands of years, man. Like, if you start trying to compare yourself to the greats in your field, it's very easy to discourage yourself because, like, there are people you look up to, so you hold them in esteem anyway. And then, like, in many ways, like, you you see them as the ideal, and you can never, 
do anything but chase an ideal, you know? So it just becomes this self-perpetuating, anxiety-ridden disaster of yeah. wondering if you're good enough, and it sucks. And yep, everybody absolutely. goes through that shit. It sucks. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and if I, didn't, if I didn't get over that, I wouldn't have got these two books that I put out these past year. Right. It would have happened. <laughs> but yeah, so I put out those two books. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I did put out a spoken word album. That's right. Yeah, it's called, uh, it's an EP technically called Live in Chicago. Because I, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm broken here. <laughs> Live uh, feed. Ugh. Uh, Shakespeare's pulled pork. Ooh. No, it's, it's that good. It's Since the Metro closed up, it's now the best pulled pork in, here in Kalamazoo, I think. Fair enough. Fair yeah, but, so yeah, um, put out a CP called Live in Chicago, because in June 2017, I, see, I get two and a half weeks off work now, so these past two years, I would go on week-long vacations, and my first year, 2017, I went to Chicago, my favorite city of all time, pretty much. During that whole time, among other things, I read read poetry at various readings, open mics, etc., etc., and with and I recorded, and specifically with the uh, the same Sony voice recorder that I'm. Uh, Recording this podcast on now, and all previous podcasts. And yeah, it's a free one. You can download it off the internet archive and Bandcamp, stream on YouTube. <laughs> I saw you made a post uh, recently, pr- probably over this weekend, about the favorite guest on the Garrett Shelke podcast. Yeah, I did that last yeah. night. And, and I'm going to make a public statement that I have to vote for John Withy over myself. Well, so far, Andy Andy Argo is leading that. Is he? I gotta vote. I'll vote right now. I'm gonna vote live. Dude, I, I am so fucking pissed on that, because I want to create an actual poll. Right. You can only do two unless it's like a group poll. So it's like the government. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so I had to do the whole thing, like, like for this guy, haha for this guy. Which one was I, sad face? Uh, no, you were the like. I was the like. No, the sad face is for Am Strohshine, and I'm pretty sure he appreciates that. <laughs> Holla, Adam. Alright, I gotta find it. I gotta surf through it, all of Garrett's dank memes. So many. <laughs> I will not engage in those stupid fucking shaggy memes, so I'm not doing that. There's only one that I like so far, and it has like... One of them is like they're taking still shots from like interviews with the cast members of uh, the Scooby Doo movies. Mm-hmm. And they're just putting all these fake quotes on them. One of them was like Fred apparently saying, I guess, like, yeah, I can't tell you how shocked we were when one day Shaggy came on set and said that he killed God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was another one with. Daphne claiming, like, she had to get ten abortions because uh, Shaggy's gays would impregnate her with mutant babies all the time. And she couldn't stop it, no matter what she put on her eyes to block contact with him. That was a good one. Yeah, as you can see, John voted for himself. (laughs) 
Which I will only allow that if uh, John agrees to come back on here at least once this year. Yeah, we want to see John again for sure. John, come back. I know you're in Kalamazoo. <laughs> we love you, John. Please come back. Give me good content. <laughs> yeah, I want to see John with you back. We, you, should, you should try to get everybody that, that'll come back to come back. I know oh, you yeah. got more people that you want to talk to. Oh, yeah, I got plenty of people in mind, actually. Yeah. No, you're going to be a reoccurring guest, honestly. Yay. We're gonna get some new ones. Gonna do some more out more out of town, which would be pretty easy because all I use is fucking Sony voice recorder. But yeah, it's all good. So yeah, I put out the EP and I honestly don't don't know how much it's been downloaded or viewed. Not a lot on YouTube and uh and the internet archive does has this thing where like they just call it views but it's not just views it's also downloads it, it's not a very good system they should create a better one mm-hmm. as far as I know it's never been downloaded off Bandcamp because I think I would receive a notification if it did yeah well I don't think you do um, you gotta log into yeah you gotta log into Bandcamp and actually view your statistics oh really mm-hmm. okay I should do that though. yeah you should yeah Hey, everyone, it's free. Just download it. You got got anything else to listen to? No, you don't. (laughs) Creed's not putting out another album. You need more long-form content in your life. Just listen to us talk to you. Yeah. And that's the other thing. So I had the books, had the album, and I have this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Admittedly, I've... The the goal of this podcast originally was to do, like, one per month. Mm -hmm. That did not happen. uh, It's hard to commit to that. No. No, no, I committed to it, but I have a thing called a day job that fucks me over. Yeah. So much. Day jobs are bum. Very bummer. So, so technically it did good. If, if, I were, if I were to follow that once, one, one a month trend, mm-hmm. I could have had 12 episodes. As of last year, I had about 10. So, nearly close. made it. Yeah, that's close. Nearly made it. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I I need to get on that stuff again. I should start doing a podcast. It's the sensible move to make. I also want to do some live streaming video type stuff this year. I don't know. It depends on what, you know, for for me of course it's business, so I got to decide where I want to allocate my funds. And right now it's kind of a choice between uh 3D imaging and um uh upgrading my video capabilities. To include live streaming and live switching. We'll see. We'll see what I end up yeah. doing. Those are definitely things I'll be moving into in the next year or two. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my writing artistic achievements this year. Sweet. Past year. For personal, though, that's also there. Um, this is the 2018 so far was the most I've ever spent in Chicago. Particularly because... Uh, I used to be all about like having to spend weekends or nights there, mm-hmm. but I love Chicago, but I know why I like places to go, and I'm so familiar with it that I'm now willing to just do day trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's worked out pretty well. Good. Particularly because uh, I don't drive into Chicago. I go to Michigan City, Indiana, and get yeah. up the South Shoreline. Yeah, there. take the train, yeah, for sure. That's the move. So, yeah. Definitely the move. So that's been pretty good, and... uh 
And, and for my summer trip this year, I went back to Toronto. That was epic. Yeah. I like Canada. <laughs> Don't we all? Canada's a fine country. It's very nice. Why can't we be more like Canada? <laughs> we, well, because Michigan we're is a lot like Canada. Well, you see, unlike Canada, we're not socialists and we have free speech and blah, blah, blah. But like Canada, we have legal weed. Well, for Michigan. Yeah. You know, it's still federally. Yeah, so. Michigan is like Canada, not the United States. But As Michigan's like Canada. I'm full support of Canada taking over. <laughs> oh, granted, Canada is responsible for the Enbridge pipeline, which is not cool. Right. Oh, yeah. That's I saw that. That got put through. Yeah. That's no good. Oh, God. Right through the Straits of Mackinac. Perfect we, idea. We, largest freshwater. No, it's not the largest freshwater repository. <laughs> suppository. Oh, suppository. <laughs> Depository. Well, it would. Well, well, if something, were, if something were to break there, technically the waters of Michigan would become a suppository. <laughs> yeah, that's a good just point. Be sh- it'll be so bad you will just be shitting it right out. <laughs> but let's not rant about politics. I'm bragging about myself. Right. So yeah, I had a great time in Toronto. Uh, sp- to checked out. That's the thing. The first time I went to Toronto, I was a college student. I pretty much just went there to party. Like, I explored and everything, but, like, I didn't hit up, like, certain touristy spots or anything like that. It's more like, oh, hey, go to the bar, mm-hmm. get drunk, meet up with someone, possibly get laid. Which I did about three times, so world fucking record for me. <laughs> Sadly, this year round, I only got laid once. <laughs> Times, they are changing. They are, yeah. So, I had a good, had a good time, and, uh, the... Two, two reasons in particular. One, when I went this time around, this was in the summer, whereas previously it was during spring break. Yeah, because, you know, everyone's going to Florida and Cancun and shit. Mm-hmm. I go to fucking Toronto for my spring right, break. Right, yeah. Anyway, this time around was during the summer. So, it was in the middle of uh, Pride Week up there. Holy shit, dude. Toronto Pride was the most epic event I've ever been to, hands down. <laughs> Filled with rainbows and glitter. More than that. More like, than that. it is fucking huge, dude. Really? I, I'm not even kidding. The biggest thing I've ever been to. Like, I was there all, like, the last two or three days of it, too, but it was just huge. Wow. Blew my mind, actually. Cool. And then on top of that, uh, this is a personal, pers- as a non-religious person, this was liberating for me. There I say I felt spiritual. I uh, engaged in nudism for the first time. Hell yeah. Yep. There's a little place there called the Toronto Islands, which I equate to here in Michigan, we got the Mackinac Islands. Mm-hmm. Toronto Islands, pretty much the same thing. You, know, you got to get there by boat, which they have many of them. Mm-hmm. And they have many beaches. One of, them is, one of them is a nude beach. I was actually a little bit nervous at first because... Uh, when I first got to the dock to go to Toronto Island, I was looking at, like, their map and everything. Then they had one that said, New Beach, and they had, like, a little cartoon and everything. Like, oh, New Beach. There was this guy who was, like, selling shit. Like, he's like, hey, you going there? I'm like, uh, I didn't know about it. Maybe. Well, here, let me give you this special pride package. 
basically this guy was trying, I guess he thought I was like a gay dude, and he was like trying to sell me this package with like an all-expense-paid trip and this luxury stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, not <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to go to the beach, dog. Yeah, so I, so, so then I went up to like one of the guys who was like doing the ferries over. I'm like, yeah, I, I just talked to that guy. He's trying to give me all these deals. The guy's like, fuck that guy. Because apparently him and a few others like put out these fake deals <laughs> trying to get you to pay money during like big citywide events like Pride. Because mm-hmm. everything on Toronto uh, Island, granted you have to pay for certain stuff like the restaurants and that, mm-hmm. but access for everything is free. Huh. This guy was trying to sell me like this lover's package. That is hilarious. So anyway, the first time I checked it out, uh, I did not get naked immediately. I just checked it out because uh, as much of a supporter I am of the LGBT community, uh, I've had some bad experiences with a mature gay men, as in like gay dudes my grandpa's age. Because <laughs> unlike us millennials, you know, how we talk about concepts such as consent, you know, privacy, you you know, yeah. uh, no, all that great stuff. That agency, agency, personal sovereignty. That, yep, uh, they don't really seem to recognize that that no. much. I have been sexually harassed many a time, to the point. Dirty old men are really good at yeah, exactly. That's that's what it is. It's dirty yes. old men. Hell, even at Toronto Pride, I technically got harassed a little bit because because uh, when I was like trying to like get a popsicle or something. This really old dude who actually looked more sickly than old. <laughs> uh, he basically tried to. He found me hot and he tried to get me to go to an adult bookstore with him. I'm like, dude, I'm not interested. I walk away. He's following me, trying to convince me. Jeez, man. That, that's actually not the worst. I've actually almost punched a dude who goosed me a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, man. But, any, but anyway. I sp- anyway, as much as of an ally as I like to think I am, I do have some reservations there, and thus, at the new beach, I was afraid of that. Mm-hmm. I basically have, like, dirty old men just staring at me, because apparently 6'2", 250-pound-plus Michiganders, they really like that. <laughs> it's the beard. BBMs. <laughs> Big, beautiful men. <laughs> so anyway, I check out the beach. You know, I was just walking around. I didn't really commit to anything. and Yeah, it was really chill. There's a lot of naked people there. Yep. And I was like, huh. Like, I didn't get some big epic reaction or anything. So next day, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I did. I got naked. And I swam. It was liberating. Yeah. Like, really. It's one of those few times where I would say I felt a spiritual experience. Other times would be like, you know, when I was visiting like Hemingway's locations up in northern Michigan. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, Ernest Hemingway, one of my major heroes. You know, you kind of get that sense of connection there. Mm-hmm. You know, something otherworldly. Something beyond yourself. Okay, I'm just going to stop with these descriptions. <laughs> and generally, I just had a fun time. Mm-hmm. Another thing that did worry about me, but I didn't have to worry about, was I was afraid there would be naked kids there. Cause oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, well, dude, I would be super uncomfortable with that. Well, that that is there is an uncomfortable point there. 
main thing is that I just don't like kids that much. I don't want to be. I don't want to be around them that much. For they one. are irritating. I know. So and I'm not against like families who engage in nudism. Right. You know, our natural bodies. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of. But, but there's just so many societal connotations yeah, to having. Yeah. And naked a, kids around strangers. I just can't buy into that. I know. It, <laughs> it's one of those things that you probably just have to get used to. I guess. Yeah, probably. And, and there were some naked old dudes around, some who were visibly gay, but none of them, like, hit on me or anything. No worse than the gym. <laughs> no, no, gym can be bad. But, uh, yeah, I swam, had a great time. Unfortunately, I got probably the worst sunburn I've ever had. And no, it's not <laughs> what you think. It's actually on my right shoulder here. Hmm. Like, it just got burned the fuck up. Like, Bummer. the skin was bubbling. Oh, I've had that yeah, second I, degree sunburn. Not that's what it is. Yeah, when yeah. it starts to blister like yep. that. Yeah, yep. And I still got they're they're fading, but I still got some scars there. Oh yeah. Probably the two the only two aspects I didn't like about the nude beach was uh there was a creepy old naked dude there, but he was collecting cans and other shit. <laughs> and for a sec there, I was worried that he was gonna. I thought he was observing me at first, and I thought, like, oh, shit, this guy could come rip me off. <laughs> so there was that. I was more worried about him stealing my shit than hitting on me. <laughs> Number two, uh, this was a public beach, and uh, there was a lot, and people were obviously in there on boats. Yeah, they didn't really respect, like, the lines of, like, how far in you can be. Mm-hmm. So I constantly had put up with these shitheads just... If I had to describe the music they were playing, Spotify playlist reggae, <laughs> which is probably the whitest shit I've ever yeah. heard. It's like if you think Sublime is bad white reggae, here, no, you, here, let me take you to Holland's Point. <laughs> <laughs> and since they were getting so close, and they were like on jet skis and shit, like I was mm-hmm. diving in that. Some of them were actually like going over me, which scared the. Fuck out. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, when I was scuba diving in Canada this year, um, a boat, a dive boat went over our group, and they freaked out. Like, it's like it's a well-known diving location, and, like, there was a diver down flags, and there was a, a boat moored there, and, like, they, while we were coming up, like, a boat went overhead. Oh, it was fuck. it is not cool. Like, Well, that's the thing, too. You were actually doing, like, legit diving. Mm-hmm. I was I was more like, oh, I got this thing. I got Dollarama, which, if folks, if you don't know, Dollarama is the famous dollar store chain in Canada. <laughs> it's pretty much, like, their equivalent to our Dollar General. I love it. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm there. I'm there. I'm just, like, all naked. And there was actually, like, little fish there, so I was kind of, like... Right, mm-hmm. gathering fish, young, wild, and free. <laughs> yeah, much. man. Then I look up, about to go up, and <laughs> <laughs> fucking boat. So, but thankfully, uh, there were some lifeguards there. They just yelled at them. They right. would go off. So anyway, yeah, Toronto is nice. I want to engage in more nudism, which is kind of hard here in Michigan because uh, there's, as far as I know, there's no legal area to like do it. There's a lot of, like there's a lot of, like hearsay shit like. You know, I heard at this time, at this beach, you can do it. Which, I'm like, I want to do it, but I'm not going to get arrested for it. Right, yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah. And there are some nude resorts around here, but 
A lot of them suck for what I found. Hmm. A lot of them are private, which I can respect. Yeah. But a lot of them are actually like really crappy campgrounds. One of them looked like a set, look like the set from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Great. Uh, which I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like staying in that for a weekend, just get naked with people 30 years older than me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about, I'm actually going to Toronto here in March to see a concert, so I can't technically go skinny dipping then, because mm-hmm. it's March. Right. But I'm thinking of going there for a weekend in the summer, for just mainly solely to do that. Fair enough, man. Do it Yep. And I guess in other personal stuff, uh, I paid off my car. Hell yeah, dude. I have a five-year loan, paid it off in two and a half years. Excellent. That's good work, dude. I gotta get a new car soon. Had some frustrations with the bank trying to get a loan for a vehicle. So I think I'm gonna try to purchase one cash. Oh, for like how much? You got like a range there yeah i'm gonna try to buy another beat up truck like five or six grand <laughs> yeah yeah the car i got 2012 fiesta was like seven grand something mm-hmm. uh, it was from some it was from a guy that we knew personally so it was all good nice yeah yeah then i had to pay like 148 dollars a month for it pretty much mm-hmm. plus interest yeah yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, vehicles it frustrates me. I've been lucky enough to have a pretty dependable vehicle for the last eight years, but I know that you rented, rented out a few cars when or trucks when you were like traveling. Yeah, well, cars. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We rent. We we rented a couple of cars when we went out to Colorado and when we went down to uh, West Virginia once. And then I went to Cleveland with my buddy in a rental one time. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I wanted to chain smoke cigarettes and sleep in the thing and shit, you know. But now, I I like the rental car because it's clean and you know it's going to be, like, it's it's up, it's been kept up and, like, everything's okay with it. It's going to start in the morning, you know. I had to get a jump for my truck in Milwaukee this weekend. The battery Ouch. died in the cold. It sucked. Some nice young man from northern Chicago helped me in his nice, BMW. The nicest of young men. <laughs> Speaking of nice young men, where the fuck did KC go? Uh, uh, he went to LFG. LFG? Yeah, the, the, we were talking about that. Oh, when he yeah. left, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, liquor, food, gaming. Yeah, it's I, a bar downtown. Yeah, I gotta check that out. It's cool, man. Uh, we we go in there a lot. Um, you know, he's been he he's been working on a promo video and some promo shoots for for them. It's like a video gaming bar downtown. And they do they host um, speed run tournaments and stuff like that and uh like there's free play games and like classic arcade games and, like a main box and they have this thing called Jackbox TV which is like a, a a game that you play like on the screen behind the bar it's a fun spot Def- <laughs> definitely a bar worth checking out in Kalamazoo for sure yeah now speaking of Kalamazoo institutions uh mm-hmm. they posted this earlier this month so i guess another Another milestone has ended. 
Fourth Coast, our favorite uh, cafe, no longer 24, 24 hours at all. Yeah, that sucks. I guess now they close at like 1 a.m., they open at 6 a.m. Yeah. <sighs> end of an era. It is the end of an era, man. There was a good 20 years or so where that was the place to go, like, smoke cigarettes and learn how to be a bad influence on your friends. Yeah. Uh, I just can't figure out why, though. Like, were they just not bringing in enough money during those times? Probably not. I, I mean, I, I think that people are a lot less likely to go to places like that. I mean, the vine's changing, you know? People are hanging out in their houses and their little groups more instead of having, like, using that as a central meeting location. Can't smoke in there anymore, yeah, so that, teenagers don't go. Yeah, that's that's one reason why I thought too. Right there is just the smoking yeah. ban. Yeah, because I was in there like right before it happened, and mm. yeah, it, was, it got pretty lit in there. Dude, Fourth Coast was always buck wild. Like, I've seen so many fights in there, so many bums get kicked out, so many people get like beaten for trying to steal the tip jar, like. So many, so many, like, relationships ending, like, <laughs> relationships beginning, and, like, writers writing, and artists arting, and, like, people making food, not food, uh, making music, I don't know why I said food, but, like... Oh, they do make food. Yeah, oh, yeah, Crow's Nest, I, that's even recent in terms of the times I've been going. Well, they also got their bakery thing, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been going there since I was probably 13 or 14 years old. So, I know, I yeah. try I try to go there earlier because I got into town, I got into town today a little after twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to Greenlight, got some music as I usually do. Mm-hmm. One of the albums I got was Hoobastank. Hoobastank. Remember there for remember them? Yeah, I remember them being on some TV show too. Like you probably know them for the reason that was like their big hit. Yeah. And the reason yeah. is you. Yeah. No, I remember them for their first album with their song Crawling in the Dark. Hmm. I've been crawling in the dark looking for the answer. That, oh, yeah, that got me so pumped up looking as a teenager. For the answer. Yeah, dude. That's, yeah. well, that's, and they were on some TV show, too. Like, uh, they actually played here a couple of years ago at a Greek Fest, I think it's called. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they played here by Mista, which really bummed me out. I was working at one of the places that, like, at a theater that butted right up to the festival site, so we just went outside and watched it. <laughs> yeah. You know who I did see at the Greek festival, though? Of all the bands. Just take a guess. I don't remember. I know you're going to get it wrong, but just try it, Like, didn't Toto play a couple of years ago? Uh, did? Did he? I th- I think so. Holy shit. I would have loved to have seen that, but no, not that. It, they're as irrelevant as Toto. <laughs> not Toto's as, super relevant right now. Oh, thank you, Weezer. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I saw a YouTube comment where some guy, because Weezer just put out a new album called the Teal Album. It's all covers, including huh. Africa. Okay. And someone, some guy's like, you know, if you told me back in the day, I would turn on the radio and hear both a Weezer song from the 90s and a Weezer song now <laughs> on the radio at, on the same day, I think you're, you're crazy. Yeah. Anyway, no. Spin Doctors. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Remember. Yeah. One, two. Princess Neil before you. That's what I said now. Princess. Princess who adore you. Just go ahead now. Just go ahead now. <laughs> I saw them and yeah, they were epic. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of them. I oh, still man. liked them. 90s bands throw it down. Kalamazoo loves getting them. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's why I did all uh, 2018. Yeah. 2019, uh, Gonna keep going hard with kind of the same thing, publishing, and this year I am confident enough that I will be going to London, England this summer. Nice, excellent. Like I'm just waiting now to get confirmation from my manager, where he'll give me those days off. Right. Like I'm confident he will, but like I want to know right now. In writing. Yeah, I want to know right now so I can get the plane tickets and yeah. the lodging. Because they're only going to go up the later I wait. Yeah, I'm, I'll be doing a little international traveling this year. I'm going to the Netherlands with my brothers. Dude. It's going to be fun. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I want to go there eventually, too, like everywhere else. And not to put England down at all, but the reason I'm going there first because uh, it's my first overseas trip. Mm-hmm. And they speak English, so... That they do. Yeah, I don't want to just, like, throw myself into, like, say, Poland and not understand the damn thing that's being said. I had breakfast with my buddy Jason this morning, and uh, he just got off a three-month, like, travel vacation-type thing, wanderings um, around, like... Man, he went all the hell over. He was in Morocco. He was in um, Azerbaijan. He was in Uzbekistan. He was in Romania. He was in Moldova and Russia and the Ukraine. Ooh. Yeah, he's been to uh, a lot of places. No, 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 not there. Um, the whatever the capital capital is, I forget what it's uh, called, or Kiev, I think. Um, <laughs> my geography not very good right now. Um, but he he went to a lot of places. Like he would. He sent me pictures from all over, and he's got travel stories from all over the place over there. He went to some really cool places. Yeah, you go, you're also going to go to Amsterdam, right? Yeah, for a day or two. We're actually going to see a concert um, in near the Belgian border. Oh, okay. Um, and we're going to stop for a day in Amsterdam and stop for at least a day in Rotterdam um, and then go to the show, which is like... Southeast of Rotterdam, maybe a hundred kilometers, or I don't even know if it's that much. Yeah, it's, it's a tiny country. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do a backpacking trip sometime. Yeah, and technically, definitely. at the moment, I get two and a half weeks off. I think I gotta save more money, and I'm gonna probably wait till like I top out my pay and some other stuff before I finally do that. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm pretty satisfied with, like, week-long trips to, like, one places and then just explore the fuck out of it. Yeah. Like I did with Toronto. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, I don't know. I think my next, like, solo journey, I want to hike um, El Camino Santiago um, in Europe. It goes from the French Pyrenees to the Portugal coast, the mm-hmm. Atlantic coast. And you go through all these old monasteries and abbeys and stay at them. 
And there's a bunch of like ritualized tradition, and it's it's also considered a Catholic pilgrimage. That's not why I want to go. It's also con- it's considered a, a long distance hiker pilgrimage as well. But you like carry a stone from the Pyrenees to this temp uh, um, cathedral um, where they do like old Latin masses. It's it's cool. Hmm. Yeah, there's a movie about it with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the movie I just immediately thought of, especially when you mentioned the whole stone thing just now, you know who Wes Anderson is, right? The mm-hmm. director? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a little film called The Darjeeling Unlimited. Mm-hmm. It's about the three brothers who are trying to find their mother in India who became like some weird nun there. Hmm. And among them, the brother that Owen Wilson plays is this really controlling, annoying brother who's constantly, like, trying to dictate terms of the trip and all that. Mm -hmm. A lot of them is, like, religious activities related to Hinduism. He's like, no, no, you gotta do it that way. But I did it this way. No, you messed it up. You won't have good luck now. (laughs) It's a good film. You should check it out. Yeah. I will. Well, as I said, that's really all I can think of. Talk on this podcast. Yeah. Anything else you could think of? No, man. I think we got the plugs out of the way earlier. Talked about 2018. Talked about new shit coming up. Oh, there. Oh, there is one more thing I wanted to read to you. I want to see like your reaction. Mm-hmm. Cause you are a vapor. Nuh-uh. <laughs> well, what is that, huh? This? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> Not a vape, vape. You're just injecting those marijuanas. <laughs> no, yeah, I I move, I I stopped smoking combustible tobacco products like a year and a half ago, um, and switched over to vaping yeah, as my nicotine delivery system of choice. And how's it been for you? Better. I mean, it's you're still breathing something into your lungs that doesn't belong there. Technically. Know? But uh, it it's definitely a whole lot better than smoking cigarettes, man. Like, like I can breathe and smell and taste and run and all those things that you can't do when you smoke a pack a day. <laughs> so you enjoy it. I <laughs> I enjoy being able to satisfy my addiction that I do not enjoy in a way that is less offensive to others and not quite as, like, gross to me personally. I just, I mean, the thing about cigarettes is that they're awesome and they're, like, they're... (laughs) They totally make you look cool. They they make you look cool. You know, they they can make you feel better when you're stressed out. It's appetite suppressant. There's a lot of... They help you get laid. You find good music to them. Exactly. There's a lot of data to support that um, it helps aid creativity in some aspects. You know, back in the day of, like, Jagger Hoover, they actually... Doctors actually prescribed cigarettes. They did. So, yeah, it can't be all that bad. (laughs) No, they're definitely bad for you. Definitely bad for you. And I don't suggest starting smoking at all. Um, Alright, well... Yeah. But, well, well, as an alternative, I, I think it's viable. But it's just as easy to just replace your addiction. Like, you have to really try to not 
not suck on the vape pen all day long, you know? Well, is that even a pen? It kind of looks more like a Game Boy. <laughs> um, no, it's a, whatever, a two-battery mod. Yeah, it's a G-Priv, and... Yeah, it doesn't look like a pen. It kind of looks more like a, like a, God, I don't know, a stun gun or something. <laughs> yeah, a, a pack of cards with a dongle on it. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, it, there's hey, just giant ass batteries in this thing. <laughs> anyway, the reason I wanted to ask you that because I shared a news story recently this week because mm-hmm. I found it hilarious just the way it was written. Ugh. Burp one more time. <laughs> See, uh, the media around Grand Rapids is not very good. Whether it's the newspapers or the television. Mm-hmm. It's probably always like this, but I got particularly... I particularly noticed it, especially uh, this past year when we voted to legalize marijuana in the state. Because they were just chucking anti-marijuana propaganda every single day. Yeah, they like to do that. It actually amazed me how blatant it was. But I want to share this story with you. I want to get your live reaction. All right. <clears throat> this is from Wood TV 8 called West Michigan Teens Vaping Deadly Cocktail, presenter says. <laughs> okay. This is based on Byron Township. I'll just I'll read it to you. I'll stop at certain parts that I think are funny. And For laughter. <laughs> and you comment on them. All right. Here we go. Byron Township, Michigan. West Michigan teenagers are vaping in school hallways, bathrooms, and even classrooms, and healthcare providers fear devastating long-term consequences. We all know people who vape, Byron Center High School senior Olivia Coaster told 24-hour News 8 Thursday. It's pretty big in our school. That, that, that was such a long... As a former journalist, I'd say that sentence was too long. It's pretty big in our school. I mean, it's like pretty big. Byron Center is far from alone. A national government-funded survey showed 37% of high school, high school seniors said they have vaped in the last 12 months. What was that percentage? 37. I wonder what the percentage is for having tried cigarettes for uh, youth the same age in the year 2000. It may, it may be in here. We'll find out. Yeah, that's a good point. Fair enough. Coaster and three other BCHS students, all anti-vapors, talked to 24 <laughs> Hours News 8 about the exploding trend. <coughs> here we go. The anti-vapors. It's probably the most prevalent way to be cool in today's society. It's sad, Junior Andrew Argus said. It's the most cool, prevalent way to be cool in today's society. This guy is bummed that he is not cool. Do you think it's the most cool way? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen so many cringe videos of like vape vapor guys like getting these large vape clouds and doing tricks out of them. Mm-hmm. It didn't strike me as cool. No. Definitely not a cool thing. And Paying money to slowly kill yourself with chemicals is not cool. And to continue, they go in the bathroom during school and try to do it, Coaster said. Kids are doing it in class and they try to hide it. Vaping devices are easy to conceal these days. 
Some resemble flash drives and highlighters, which I could confirm. My brother vapes, and he's got one that looks like a flash drive. Mm-hmm. And they emit a slight scent that matches their flavoring from candy to fruit to bubblegum. What's your current flavor? Uh, uh, my current flavor is Polar Breeze. Which is a mentholated cantaloupe, honeydew, and pineapple blend. <laughs> Can't you just have, like, one flavor, like apple? No, man, they stopped doing it. Like, they, it used to be that way when it first started out. It's like, yeah. It can't be simple. No, nothing can be simple. They need to fill up those retail shelves and make that money. Is there any vape that just tastes like cigarettes? Yeah. Oh, there is? Yeah, they make tobacco-flavored oh, okay. vapes. Yeah, totally. Okay. But don't be fooled, says the healthcare industry, as well as the U.S. Surgeon General, Food and Drug Administration, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. God, these long line, long-winded lines. <laughs> Here we go. This is a deadly cocktail, said Dave Stoltz, who shared his message with Byron Center High School students and parents at Byron Center's fan single Fine Arts Center Thursday afternoon. You don't know what you're putting in your lungs. You've been lied to by a very sophisticated marketing engine. You cannot ingest this stuff, particularly into your lungs, without there being a price. It will come to harvest. It has to. It will come to harvest. Every every single like working musician that has to breathe in propylene glycol in the form of fog machine juice <laughs> is now just yelling at this old man and they it's don't even fa- know why. It's very funny you bring that up because <laughs> this is my favorite part of the story about Stoltz. <sighs> Stoltz himself contracted irreversible lung disease from long-term dis- exposure to diacetyl, I think that's how you pronounce it, a chemical often found in vapes with creamy and buttery-based flavors. I used to really enjoy microwave butter-flavored popcorn, explained Stoltz, who ate microwave popcorn daily for years. What the I, fuck is it, the it, purpose it, of this? Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I really enjoyed opening the bag and sniffing the vapors, but the vapors were where the diacetyl chemicals were. When he suddenly began experiencing excessive shortness of breath at 40 years old, took a long time and a lot of doctors to figure out what was happening. Salt said the Mayo Clinic finally diagnosed him with bronchitis also known as popcorn lung. <laughs> so basically, this motherfucker uh, He was huffing fucking <laughs> microwave popcorn fumes. Yeah, a, a rare disease found in factory workers exposed to high levels of diacetyl with oh some companies God, used dude. to give microwave popcorn its buttery flavor. If I had encountered this man as a vaping teen, which I surely would have been, like, I oh my, I would have eviscerated this yeah, man. Yeah, he didn't even get it from vaping. He got it from sniffing right, popcorn exactly. bags. Oh man, the the fodder for making fun of this man is just. It has a depth that is unknown. I mean, I guess I can see it. He got it four years old, so if he's done this all his life, that's four years of, you know, baking your popcorn, eagerly awaiting in front of the microwave. Mm-hmm. Your mom takes it out for you while, before you watch your movie. You just rip it open. And <laughs> <sighs> oh, I love popcorn. 
He never eats the popcorn. He just sniffs he it. Just sniffs it. And the scrapes mom. his finger on the the side of the bag and <laughs> fucking smells the butter. Yeah, mm. like like it mentioned that these these chemicals are exposed in like factories where they make popcorn. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot more sense because yeah. you're around that all the time. Exactly. Kind of like how you get black lung if you work in coal mines. Yeah. But come on, this motherfucker's got it from <laughs> sniffing popcorn bags. Yeah. And he's advising teens not to vape because he spent half his life. <laughs> Popcorn bags. Yeah, I, maybe he should stick to telling people not to sniff popcorn bags. I mean, really, but, dude. Like, like, why is that not his message? Why hasn't he gone around taking on the big popcorn industry? See, this is a great tip. Like, that is the guy. That's the worst story they can come up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like tobacco, like that shit kills. Like it fucking rots your mouth like, away. Yeah, like, we talk. People of, have to have like tracheotomies yeah, we and talk, stuff. Like, we talk about big tobacco, we talk about big pharma, what about big popcorn? Big popcorn, right? No one's you know, going this after needs that. needs to be addressed. Yeah, this Our guy, society, it's 2019, it's time for the stigma to end. Like, is he gonna have, like, the truth campaign against popcorn? <laughs> oh, man, have you seen the... They still do, those too. The truth movement of birds that aren't real? No. Do you, are you familiar with oh, this? Wait, oh, wait, that movement. No, no, I'm talking about truth, like... The anti-tobacco movement, truth. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, no, I've heard about that conspiracy. The birds theory. aren't aren't real. Yeah, yeah well, they refer to themselves as truth seekers. Oh yeah, okay. it's great. I love it. I followed them on Twitter. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's fun. <laughs> what if birds weren't real? He's. It's like the last one died in two thousand one or something, yeah. and like allowing the government to replace birds with, with automated drones. drones. <laughs> it's the most fucking ridiculous. Nice. It's, it's got to be satirical. Nice. I mean, it has to be. I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, to continue. As worst point, the disease reduced adults' lung capacity at 28%, though it's now in the low 40s. I could do some things now, but I'm not going to be racing up and down sleeping bare dunes, he said. Fucking popcorn. If he didn't sniff it, he'd be, he'd be having the time of his life at sleeping, sleeping bare dunes. <laughs> he'd be running up and down those dunes. Byron Center High School students also heard from Dr. Sh- Shelly Schmidt. Uh, God, I apologize for all these words. As much as a writer, a big reader I am, I can't say some shit. Science words. Some science with spectrum health. When researchers take these off the shelves, pods, and e-cigarette juices, they find thousands of different chemicals, and some are known to cause cancer, as some can certainly cause lung damage, Schmidt explained. Schmidt is concerned, too, about the level of nicotine contained in most vape liquids. Nicotine is an incredibly addictive substance, and it's also a well-known gateway drug. <laughs> okay. Is, is that true? Okay. I mean, I hear we always hear about marijuana being the gateway drug. Right. Well, cigarettes. I don't know, man. I, I guess I could see where people could make the case. You start, you start smoking, then you start drinking... Then yeah. next thing you're on the crystal meth. <laughs> like, do you ever smoke a cigarette? Be like, you know, this is good, but I think some heroin would be better. <laughs> uh. In addition, developing adolescent brains are most sensitive to the effects of nicotine. True. Schmidt is skeptical about vape products that claim nicotine levels at zero. Because these pods are unregulated, I I don't trust that zero nicotine because. 
again, their goal is to get you to buy more pods. What are these pods, by the way? Oh, it's like, uh, like this thing is, it, there's a coil inside it, and then there's a tank on it. The pods have, they're sold as like a self-contained apparatus that you attach the battery to, and then that just has the, uh, the vape liquid in it along with the coil. And then they have, they're like disposable. Oh, uh, okay. Those jewels, people talk about jewels. <laughs> hey, That's I've heard, one of those types. Oh, God. I remember, <laughs> I, I shared such a good meme where, like, apparently it's like, I, as a grandpa, wait, wake up. Oh, I'm stung by a bee, grandson. Grandpa, bees went extinct 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm sitting there in my, Am my Amazon. My Amazon-owned senior citizen center. My grandson requ requests me a four hundred twenty dollars sixty-nine cents for a big mood. <laughs> I take one last trip on my jewel before I die. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a great one. Oh God, yeah, memes. Memes are good. <laughs> there we go. The students 24 Hours News 8 interviewed thought the presentations were a great first step in an effort to educate students and parents, but they feared vapes aren't going away anytime soon. I think parents should open up this conversation with their kids. I think there's a really good introduction to it, says Senior Kirsten Bauer. Which I would actually agree. I think with any kind of thing, drugs, alcohol, tobacco, vapes, mm -hmm. you should have conversations with your kids about this stuff. Yeah. The problem is, is that this is being told through a sensationalist news story. Yeah, dude. That I don't think you should you should be truthful with your kids, but not say, like, it's just like sniffing popcorn. Right. <laughs> like, you're, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a conversation in good faith. That's bullshit. Right. I, I don't know, man. Better than them smoking cigarettes in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're vaping pods in the bathroom now. Yeah. At least it doesn't stink. There's no risk of fire. Yeah, here we go. We're at the end of the article. I'm very worried about the spike in vaping, actually, she continued, especially about the impact of all the chemicals in there. All four of the students expressed concerns about vaping among their fellow students. It's just really disappointing to see these classmates destroying their lives, said Jared Loader, a senior. Students are now starting to come out and people are starting to understand, yeah, it gives you that buzz for a few seconds, but then, but then is it worth the rest of your life? Andrew Argus, a junior, said. <laughs> Let's face it, these children are going to have their lives ruined in a number of ways so, that is more extreme than fucking vaping. <laughs> so the anti these four anti-vaping teens... No, they're being mentored. <laughs> who are being mentored by the guy who sniffed popcorn for four right. years Ugh. is worried about how the vape chemicals are destroying his, their fellow classmates' lives. I say that they move on to a new cultural phenomenon and take the bird box challenge. That's what I have to oh, say. Oh God, <laughs> that's actually what I'm doing on my way back. Counts way back Grand Rapids. Especially <laughs> with the shitty weather we're about to have, it's gonna. Yeah, for people who don't know, uh, we're basically going to get, like, zero, below zero degrees for, like, the next three to four days. I think, like, on Wednesday, it's not even going to go above zero at all. 
Plus, you're going to add on, like, eight inches of snow. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, which is why I'm glad that we did this podcast now, because it would have been pretty shitty to come try to get here in, like, <laughs> negative yeah, 15 degree weather. conditions. Just so I can be like, Zach, I found this story about vaping. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta talk about it on my podcast. Uh, I said that's it. We're two hours and 13 minutes in. Alright. So, anything you want to promote? Um, Conrad Twitty Band on Bandcamp. Uh, you can look my music up, Zachary Kyle Elmblad on Bandcamp. Uh, Elmblad Media Group is my company. Um, some of the artists that we're working with right now are Nuggets of Light on Instagram, um, Ashley McGeechee. Um, we're working with Marcus King Band. We're working with Talib Kwali. Um, we're working with Yolanda Lavender. This is all in the next couple of weeks. Um, you can always see my art on my personal Instagram and in my office here at the Park Trade Center in downtown Kalamazoo. Um, Come by, say what's up, drop me a line, and keep reading Garrett's books. Yep, and you can find me at garrettshelke.tumblr.com, which I really need to update. Probably will do it during these next three days I have off. Snowed in. Yep, snowed in. And, uh, well, if you've you check, out, check us out on Facebook, the Garrett Shelke Podcast, you can download episodes on the Internet Archive. You can stream them on YouTube. I'm probably going to find some more platforms to put them on. Maybe I'll be able to make a living off this shit sometime. Get some actual sponsors. <laughs> and that's it, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, well, it's 2019. We're starting out right. Yeah, dog. Yep. That's it, everyone. We're out. Here's the outro song. Goodbye. Beep. That's the sound why I hit the stop here. <laughs>